What's up, family? You know what time it is. Once again, it's the ITBP presents Off the Cuff, Big O, Crush, L. We want to thank you guys for stopping in one more time to uh, listen to us ramble and shenaniganize and all that other stuff. Your time, your attention, your patience, and most importantly, your dollars. We appreciate it. Helping us to keep the lights on and continue, uh, continuing to promote strong and independent black all right man so listen up man we got a uh a black box letter right all right and this is a weird one but nothing more weirder than white people masturbating behind a dumpster i can't imagine that (laughs) that is like three years old and you still keep bringing this shit like what the wow boy how can you all ever? Are we on a sitcom now? That, bro. This thing, sitcom? I, oh, oh, you see, you see the, the little sitcom? waves? <laughs> the flashback? I know. <laughs> like, I, I, I'll now? never forget that. I I'm told a story to my child the other day, like, yo, I got this dude who, got, <laughs> who gets the weirdest inboxes from random white people this all the nigga, time. I want them their sexual secrets. Like, Listen, man, it's not that, not that <laughs> okay. bad. So right. I have a... a in the process of having these conversations and sharing right. the show and doing all that other stuff, right. someone messaged me and told me that they had run into a situation where they're beefing hard with their wife and their mother-in-law. Now, here's the here's the, the story. We'll just call him Timothy. Okay. Timothy is married to Teresa, okay? That's a pretty and name, Teresa. Go ahead, I'm sorry. And Teresa and her mom are very, very close. Very, 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 very close. Close to the close to the point that Timothy and Teresa are now engaged and have moved in with one another. Okay. And Teresa has given her mom a set of keys to their house. So they've been in this house, this apartment now for about five to six months and he said timothy says he cannot count on his hands or on his toes how many times his mother-in-law will be in his house this is not just in his house when teresa is home but in his house when nobody is home she teresa has other siblings The mother is not married. I I believe she's a widower. But she just continues to show up to the house. And he said he flexed out on his wife about her mom just showing up and being here and him not getting any. I guess, uh, what do you want to call it? Support. Well, maybe support is part of it, but not getting any heads up that his mother-in-law is going to be there. You come home from work or you come home from wherever and you're ready to break out relax and relax in your home. and you and you're and you've got your mother-in-law there. So what he did was Oh God, Tim. He purchased a new lock and oh, he changed God. the lock on the house. 
Oh, Tim. That wasn't the right move, brother. He gets home before his wife, typically. Did you lock your and wife out, too? Because that's he, what you're going to well, have to she, do, brother. He, he, he got home. He gets home before his wife. And typically, the way their apartment is set up, he was explaining it to me, the way their apartment is set up, he knows when she gets home. So if he looks out the window, he sees her car. He knows she's coming. He'll unlock the door or whatever. So that's what happened the first two days. The third day, his mother-in-law attempted to get into the house and couldn't get into the house and called Teresa oh. and made, oh. made a big, made a stink about it in the whole nine. Teresa ends up coming home early, trying to get inside the house. She could not get inside the house either, only to call Tim and Tim finally say, yeah, that was me. I changed the locks because your mama keeps showing up all the time and I don't want her to show up all the time. So, his question: <laughs> Which which best, he, best divorce lawyer in town? What, what is, is he? For? Why is that always your answer to every mother? You know what? His question is: Was he wrong for changing the locks, and is he wrong for feeling the way he feels? Since Bro, the fact that you got to ask the motherfucking okay. question, you know right. the answer to that. Shit. Go, go, right. go ahead, go ahead, Crush. Go ahead. All right. My first question, really, is you know. I would want more details about this uh, particular incident where you flexed on your wife, quote unquote, about this issue, where where it sounds like roughly translated, y'all fought about it. So what were the results of that fight? What was said? What was declared? What was admitted? The resolution. What, 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 you know, was anybody, or, or was this left up in the air? Because clearly you made you made your feelings known to her. She is aware of this issue. Because you flexed, quote unquote. <clears throat> so you got hot in her face about it. So she knows you're hot about this shit. Now, is she just gonna let it lie? Like most wives don't let shit lie like that in the house. You know what I'm saying? It was if, if, if the husband's hot, you want to work in the time like that's a that's a thread that kind of that kind of stuck out to me. Like, yeah, okay, yeah. you brought it up, but what did she what did she say? How did she react? If if, if, if it may seem like it it didn't it meant nothing, and you know you have you have you have to, you have to just continue allowing your your mother in law to come in there now. So think, okay, for for additional for for clarification, right. he did say he didn't go into too much detail, but he did say that when they had this conversation, I'll be gentle and say it was a conversation. Mm -hmm. When he had this conversation with her, her stance, and I'm putting words in his mouth, but her stance essentially was, it's her mother. And he's making too much of it. That this is what family does, right? Like you have family, like your family comes through, does all this type of like they have amongst their family, quote unquote, I guess in her family, they have like this quote unquote open door policy. Mm -hmm. So he like I said, she made it seem as though it was not too serious. Maybe she'll address it, maybe she won't address it. Now, what transpired after that, before he ended up saying, okay, I'm going to change these damn locks. <laughs> Bill looked like he's just fed up. But <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm like this. I'm like this. You know, you, you, you got to respect the, you know, the, 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 you know, the, the mother of the woman you love, you know, hands down. And family is important, clearly. You know, I, you know, I came from a, you know, a close family of eight, you know, from my father's side. So, I mean, they weren't that close to where they were passing out keys to each other's homes to pop up. You know, that's a little, that's a little, that's a little much, even for a Caribbean household. 
You know what I'm saying? That's even that's a little much. You know what I'm saying? You know, that's, that's even a little much for us. You know what I'm saying? Um, and we and we tend to be open door to anyone's child or family member that they need. But to, but if you're if you know, so I understand how he feels, but like you know how she, I just don't. I feel like there's a there's a, there's a misalignment. You know, in, in any in any, there seems to be an, an avoidance of compromise here. You know what I'm saying? Interesting, like, interesting. Like, like, you know, and 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 if, if I don't know, I mean, I'm just like, I see where he comes from, but you have to be respectful about the situation. But the wife needs yeah. to like, I, I mean, I know she can't be nonchalant. I mean, maybe she was too yeah. nonchalant about the shit. Yeah, And 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 maybe home, maybe and maybe the, the mother-in-law is taking one too many liberties with the home itself. You know, more, more than just like, you know coming up in there. She using up resources and who knows what. Maybe maybe yeah, he had them bridge yeah. parties up in the motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> this nigga, shut up. Go ahead, L man. <laughs> are they married already? Or are they, no, they engaged? Are, they are engaged. They are engaged currently. Okay, Tim. Uh <laughs> bro. Oh, oh, I, missed, I, missed that, I missed that part. I missed that part. I missed that part. I'm sorry. Just just wanna let you know, bruh. Uh Sometimes red flags show up real, real bright red, my dog. Uh, this might be one of them. Mm. No, but in all seriousness, man, let me tell you, you have a serious breach of respect and trust from not only your mother-in-law, but your future mate. The moment that you clearly articulated that she is welcomed, She's more than welcome to come. That's your mother. Uh, she can come by the house. And here's a key. I'm, th- I'm assuming that you're thinking like most of us would think, like, hey, this is a key for you to get in when we're not here, just in case something needs to go down. Emergency. You can pop up in the crib. Yeah. But the moment that she crossed the line and began showing up, because to me, that's across the line. That's crossing the line when she shows up unannounced. She shows up in your crib when you're not there. Uh, when when nobody is there without any, bro, I just think that's that's a, a a severe boundary issue. That if you've already addressed with your future mate and you have not come to some sort of compromise to Elgin, that is a red flag, because this is an instance where there should not be a this way is my way type of scenario. It has to be a compromise. Why? Because it's both of you guys' home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not your home. It's not your girl's home. It's both of your homes. And there has to be a help. It got to be a safe place, man. It, it got to be. There's, There should be no turmoil coming into your crib. It shouldn't be any negative energy. And that is an energy that is unfair. And I'm going to tell you, Tim, you fucked up. Brad, you fucked up when you changed the locks, right? You took it a step too far. Mm. Uh, and I'm going to assume that before you got to that place, you had the conversation with your girl about the situation and you let her know what your needs were. And she failed to meet those needs. That's the assumption that I'm making, giving you the benefit of the doubt, that you laid it out to her. But I still, even in you communicating those needs, you went too far, bro. You you didn't have to change the locks, man. What I would have done, I would have taken the keys from the mother-in-law. That's what I would have done. I would have, 
changing the locks would have been the ultimate last step because when I'm changing the locks, I'm locking everybody the fuck out at this point in time. Right. I, I, shit, everybody's on the other side of the door, but I'm getting the keys back from the mother-in-law at that point in time. And just having a, a real stiff conversation with my girl, like, yo, I keep clearly stating what, what I feel about this situation. I'm not, in any way being disrespectful or demeaning towards your mom i think she's dope i think she's cool I, she's gonna be around i'm marrying you but this right. is my safe haven this is not there's nobody in my family who's allowed to do this all right let me ask you a question then once you have that conversation how many times are you expected to have that conversation oh, bro. before you take <laughs> drastic court if you if steps? If we have a conversation and in that conversation, you acknowledge that you understand what I'm saying in that conversation, we don't ever need to have that conversation again. I don't need to have that same conversation again because you clearly stated that you understood what I was saying the first time. Now, if there's a lack of clarity there, we can keep having that conversation till we get to a point of understanding. But if I tell you, I don't want your mom here coming in the crib like this with the keys and you're like yeah you know what i understand you're right or i understand your perspective yada 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 you acknowledging where i'm coming from i'm not having 99 more conversations about that shit again then how no. can you blame t i'm gonna i'm gonna let uh, crush run after that but how do I blame, you blame him I don't, then? because i think how do you blame him if i only blame him i only blame him for the extreme nature of okay. changing the locks Understood. because i felt like the changing the locks component was a passive aggressive move to get the solution taken care of because you didn't even notify you you didn't even let your girl know the fucking girl it was on the outside of you changing the locks that was a passive aggressive move in that instance right now if you're going to tell your girl yeah i'm changing the locks so she can't get in and here's a key for you bam i'm cool with that but you change the locks and you don't even tell your girl so that could have went all the way left your girl could have came back and be like oh so we done mm, i see it i dig it go ahead crush i see you know what I proposed there, you know, makes the most sense. What he should have done was to, uh, you know, approach the mother-in-law. So look, I, I, I'm going to need those. Now mm. see, I don't know. See, man. See, no, no, no. See, because you are the man of that house. You are paying that mortgage, and that and that question will bring up the real conversation. Because what will she do? What will all our What will all of our mothers mothers-in-law do, gentlemen? They will bristle. Got, 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 got. Calm down. Let's talk about this. There's a reason why I want these keys back. Oh, why, oh, do, why, why do you think I want these keys back, Mom? Oh, 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 so let's stop. Let's, and let's then stop. We get, for a we get down to brass tacks, get down to the issue, and that's it. That, that, let's, that's, let's, let's, that, that's bringing that's dealing with the issue head on. With one I point, dig it. One let, let's stop for I a second because back. we had this conversation or a similar conversation not too long ago when we had someone write in and said that their mother-in-law didn't like them, and we didn't under, he didn't understand why, mm -hmm. and he asked, should he have that conversation with the mother-in-law? And both of you were like, no, that is not the conversation you have with her. You have that conversation with your wife. So I'm thinking to myself, given this circumstance, given this situation, that he should not, for lack of a better description, confront his mother-in-law or this his girl's oh, no, mother. You don't, you don't confront you the mother-in-law. You, you continue I mean, I to would... press on your girl the importance of the situation because yeah, once, you, once you cross I, I, that line i would sit them both down because because the, the reason why is because of the engagement 
if, if I wasn't engaged to you, I would step to my lady about it. But if we're engaged, there's the idea of a family being built. Mm, I dig so it. Let's, okay. Let's address this. That. Let's address this as the proposed family we're going that we, we might that we may be if we can come to, you know, this is how we're going to have to go back and forth about issues. That would be a good test for the family that we're about to be. So let's all sit down and say, look, ma, I'm going to need those keys back. And Tim, and you ain't realized that they was this close before, y'all. I mean, I mean he, 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 like, he knew. Oh, come on, Sean. Let's stop. Let's stop. Don't do that. Come on, man. Let's stop. Come on, man. Listen, this is what I think. This is what I honestly, this is my honest thinking, right? When you're dating someone, I am an angel. No, you're not. You are a dick. My thinking, right, is that you're dating this young lady and you don't live with her. You don't see all of these flaws, all of these nuances. You don't. You don't see all. You don't really know somebody until you live with them. Let's be 100, right? You don't see all the nuances that go into a relationship living with someone, right? Sweethearts. So you don't see these nuances, but you see on the on the outside, like that tangentially, you see, okay, she and her mom are really close. I don't think anybody, like Phil was saying, I don't think anybody gets into a relationship with someone, commits themselves to them, and thinks, okay, now that I've committed myself to them, it also means that my girl is going to give her mother, her siblings, whoever, a key to our home. Oh, no, no, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. I would ever expect to happen. But I think think if we get engaged, by now I've already met your mother. I've been in her presence a couple times, and I can recognize and see that you guys have a different type of closeness right that there's a different level of closeness there that you guys have so i'm not saying that i would know that she's going to end up having the key to the crib and come in and do some rick james type shit to my couch i'm not saying that but what i am acknowledging is that tim you ain't know that they had a close relationship like this bro like it was Maybe well, he just know, didn't know but, it goes to that extent. Yeah, right? I, mean, I don't think we've, I don't think we've Man, ever, such a nice guy. never seen closeness like that. And neither have I. Okay. Exactly. Let's, Red flag. I've, I've never seen, seen closeness. Like what, what, do you, what could he have possibly seen to give him like the green light to say, damn, that's going to be a problem. It'd be different if he saw that before. You know oh, bro, yeah, that's the like thing he's about he's never seen that shit before. <laughs> this is wild. This is wild. Tim, I, Tim, bro, I'm not shooting you, no bell. I think, I think you fucked up in this. He did fuck up. You know, he did fuck oh, up. No, he, he, it was immature. He, it was immature you know what? to do. I, I, I will say, listen, listen. It was listen. very immature. Yeah, here I, guess comes. I guess I'm going to be Steph Curry. I'm going to be the bad guy. I'm going to be the bad guy. Well, you should have the book now and set this straight. I'm going to be the bad guy tonight. Did Tim fuck up? Yes, Tim fucked up. But drastic, drastic, no, <laughs> drastic no. situations sometimes call for drastic no, measures. No, no. Nigga. No, bro, no, no. Listen, and I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you, listen, 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 listen. I'm gonna tell you like this. I see now, I come, bad is, see, the, 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 the simple fact is that could have potentially been a, a dangerous situation. You, you're right if, about that. What if his lady had some kind of medical emergency? No, you're you are right. You're right. You are right. You are right. And you're not that much of a savage either, bro. Don't do that. Don't don't give the people. Listen, I'm. I know you are a monster, but let's not. Listen, listen. I come. I come from a culture and a household where, hell, my mother, at our home, because of my kids, would just randomly be like, "Hey, I'm here," and I have this conversation with her all the time. I know you love your grandkids. 
No one is telling you not to see your grandchildren. But this is my place. You need to give me a call. What if I'm not here? Yeah, I've, already given the, I've already given the kids the instructions. I don't care if your grandma's outside. If we're not home, you don't open the door for nobody. But what if but grandma, but grandma is right grandma's yeah. outside and I'm like, no 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 because you nah. have all jokes aside you have to come on dog and, and maybe maybe my life has made me made me hardened as we've if talked your about mom that. is outside you don't want the listen, kids to open listen, the door listen hold up if my if mother, your mom is outside and listen you have to I, you think I'm being facetious, and in, in some ways I am being facetious. But you have I know, to you set, have to you have I, to I set agree. boundaries, my guy. No, no, bro, because listen, if you don't, people are all in your shit. Bro, I am king boundary. I, I that's why I'm surprised to... that you're even having this this type of your your, your angle on this is blowing my mind. No, it's but like, I agree with you. But I'm not having my mom like if the, my mom shows up. Oh, oh. If she shows up, you go, you, you go and let her in the house. I and then I'm going to check I, mom when she comes in over okay, some wings. Okay, like mom, I didn't told your ass. Here's your, here's your lemon pepper, extra crispy, drums I mean, only. You know, with the mean? ranch. With the with ranch, ranch dressing on the side. Yeah, and some like celery. You know, but we got to talk about the boundaries. Like, you yeah. can't come over here like that, mom. I mean, I can't lie. You know. I do have a mother-in-law in New York who could potentially end up retiring down here. And you know, I definitely sense she might be a she might be that type. She might be God the pop sure. type. Man, Africans, I, I, Caribbeans. I love the death, but I feel like that. she's just gonna be open. <laughs> but you know what's that's and I think that's one of the funniest parts about this whole conversation, right? There there is a serious cultural dynamic that is involved. I do not know the ethnicity of Tim and Teresa. However, I'm willing to bet that they are not African American. And this is my reason thinking. Oh God, that makes it worse. Go ahead. Listen, this is my reason for thinking. Cut by Michael. Listen, this is me speculating. This is my speculation, right? Crush can tell you. Caribbean people, African people, that communal thing is extremely strong. Yeah, they is. make excuses for everything. Like I mean, dog. Oh, I mean, I'm, I'm trying think, to. I mean, I'm trying to I mean, tell you. I'm trying I mean, to tell you. Especially, like, I mean, when it comes to like, when guys are black. I mean, when it comes to like, when it comes to the children, I hope you're black because if I mean, when it comes Tim to the, is white and Teresa's black, I, I mean, when it comes to the children, they are black. black. I don't know what their okay, cultural background. Sure. Yeah, I was mean, making sure. Okay. I mean, when it comes to the children of the community, you know, the community as a whole tends to well take part in raising and. And rearing the child, you were right and, about that, and, get, and giving them a sense of home wherever they go in that community. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but as they become adults with their own responsibilities, I mean, of course, these kids grow up together, but I mean, I don't know. I mean, these customs don't, I don't think, extend so much to I mean, when people get married and everything. Nah, dog, you know. know how it you, I know you know how it is, man. You said you I mean, grow up with someone, someone rears you, raises you sometimes with some people, not for everyone. But it gives them if it makes them feel as though it gives them carte blanche, sense of entitlement, it, it, to do and yeah. extend themselves further than you would, you're comfortable with them extending themselves. Yeah. Yeah. It happens, and I know it happens. I mean, I have a, a homeboy that's from Vietnam. He complained about that shit. He said, "I moved into my first apartment. My mom was there at my house just about every other day at my apartment." I'm like, "Mom, you have a comfortable home, like five, six, ten miles down the road. Like, there's no reason for you to be here all the time." Because there is that communal sense that there is no boundaries, you know what I'm saying? So, sure, 
I dig it. Tim, Tim, you fucked up. I understand why you did what you did, but you know. Yeah, and I give you a pass for doing it though, bro. But I just think there's a is a better way of handling it. And I want you to be able to handle these things now before you marry her. You've already told her to separate though. No, I actually told him. I told him to get a divorce. I told him to get divorced. They're probably getting married after that shit. That shit is over. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, because we don't know. Hopefully, there'll be a part two to this. But these are the conversations that will save you ten years down the line. I'm telling you, if you can work through this stuff now, these work through it. That'd be awesome. Like this is a pretty big. That's that's some heavy shit. It is. Like if you can work through this and come out on the other side. Y'all might get divorced in five years, but at least you'll have five good years in. Well, I mean, well, at least you'll have you'll have the okay, knowledge for the okay. next I, I for the next way. relationship. I put it this way. I put it this way. That'd be the first work, thing he says in his next relationship. It. Y'all work not it. coming over y'all here. Work, y'all work through it, quote unquote, right? But you don't. You, but what you what you don't expect is that you that your that your wife goes through separation anxiety. Damn. Like, I mean, does she does she live with her mom beforehand? Because that can be a thing. And then hold up, so hold up, so, hold up, hold up, Phil. Law. Did you just say that you are you giving her an excuse for allowing her mother to enter into the home as frequently? She doesn't say she has separation anxiety. Hook her mother up with a Tinder account. Shit, he's gonna put her in therapy for that shit. He's not. He's not. Because him and the mother-in-law are gonna be beefing forever after that shit. Oh no, bullshit! No I bullshit. Mean, I mean, I mean, but then again, you know, you know, th- of course there'll be apologies, I'm sure, and like, you know, the wife will be like, you know, hey, Tim, you better not fucking I apologize. You this way, but why would you act like this? You know, when w- without telling me and all this. Stuff? There's a there's a lot so of air clearing. Over. It might be over, man. It might be. Over. There's a lot of air clearing. I told y'all, starting a lot of air clearing. Like, yo, yeah. find your good divorce lawyer, bro. I gave you, you the truth. Oh, they're just getting. Y'all just moved into. You only got a year lease. Yeah, good, bro. You ride it out for the remaining six months, and you ride it out for the six months. And have her mom move in, take over her, your portion of the rent. Yeah, let her, let her, let her do that shit. Yeah, that's what you guys are the worst. The both of you guys are the motherfucking worst. But I'll tell you right <laughs> now, ain't no dude, ain't no dude tolerating that shit. No dude, <laughs> not even the old southern dude is gonna tolerate that shit. A yeah, woman that close to her mother, I can't. So I she's can't, gonna be by herself for one minute. I hate to be, I hate couldn't do that. Hate to be harsh, but she's gonna be so. Do that shit. I can do that shit. All right, fellas. So check this out, man. There oh, is a no, no, no. We've, we've done. <laughs> we've 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 shenaniganized enough. Now we need to. Get you, you and Tim <laughs> fucked that up. I mean, damn. You know, I, hey, listen. I didn't fuck shit up. I'm just going. I'm just going to message Tim right now and tell him that Elgin said, "Get the hell out while you can get out, nigga." <laughs> he said, "Break out now." Abort. Yeah, abort. Abort. <laughs> now, abort, so bro. check this out. I don't know if you've seen this, man. Eric Andre, who's a comedian. And another comedian, his name is Clayton English. They are suing the Clayton County Police Department, who has jurisdiction over the Atlanta airport, Hartsfield-Jackson Airport in Atlanta. It's, it's literally the most busiest airport on earth. Okay. So, so Atlanta? Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Oh, I hate that airport. God. <laughs> I've only been there. I've only been there once. It's a, it's a nice looking airport, but it's it is. Nah, it's, it's the devil's airport. hideout. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So they're suing the police department and the Atlanta airport because apparently 
there is a task force that was formed at the airport to for drug apprehension to stop drug trafficking. Five comedians Eric Andre and Clayton English have announced they are filing a lawsuit challenging police stops at Atlanta's airport. Attorneys for the two men filed the lawsuit today in federal court. They alleged the men were racially profiled and illegally stopped by Clayton County Police at Hartsfield Jackson International Airport last year. Andre and English say officers pulled them aside because they're black and asked them about drugs as other passengers looked on. Lawyers say the two men were both stopped at separate times by police. I want to use my resources and my platform to bring national attention to this incident so that it stops. We reached out to the Clayton County Police Department and to Hartsville Jackson International Airport about the lawsuit. The airport said it would not comment and the police department said it does not comment during okay. to stop drug trafficking. So what happens is that as these people are walking to the plane bridge is what they call it. You know, that little thing that you that walk down thing, yep. before you hit into the plane, mm -hmm. the plane bridge. They will randomly stop folks and ask them to for them to be able to search them. OK, randomly, randomly stop them and ask to be searched. Now, the police department says these are all consensual searches. But in this lawsuit, what has been coming up is several things, okay? They say that it's random, that it's not race-based because Andre's claim in this lawsuit is that it is racial profiling. I want to make sure we're very clear. His claim in this lawsuit is that it's racial profiling. And it looks as though what's been coming out in the, the reporting and in the discovery is that it, it might just be racial profiling. So this thing has been going on for a minute. So they took evidence, police reports that they've collected from April of 2020 to August 20, August of 2021. So a little bit over a year they've collected this data. And they said 402 stops were made in the airport of these random stops to get drug traffickers, to catch drug traffickers. 378, and I want you guys to follow the math, 378 of these stops, they specified the race of the person that they stopped. Of that 378, 211 were black people. That's damn near 60%. When you factor in Hispanic people and other people of color, it comes up to basically a little bit over 70%. That those are who the police are stopping. Now, if that wasn't enough, they have seized over a million dollars from 25 of the people that they stopped. Seized over a million dollars. All in the attempts to quote unquote stop drug trafficking. Do you know how? Uh, now, I, I know Elgin hates these guessing games, but I'm going to give it to you straight. Guess how many people of these 402 that were stopped, how many of them actually had drugs? And I'm putting that in quotations, had drugs on them. Just give me a guess, any number. Less than 10%. Yes. Three people had drugs on them when they stopped them during these stops. Three. And of the three, 
one, it was suspected, suspected, because they didn't get a chance to test it, suspected THC gummies. Another person had medication, but did not have their prescription, their script. And only one person actually had 10 grams of drugs. They did not go into detail into what, whether it was weed or cocaine or whatever, but 10 grams of illicit material, whatever you want to call it. On one them. person out of 400. 402, two. yes. One, one person, person out, of four, out, of out of 402 people. I told you they made a million dollars. Literally a million dollars from their seizures. From the seizures of 25 people that they stopped. Just like, off of 25 people. Eight like, of them. Like eight cash of them. seizures? Or are you talking about cash, money and money orders. Money and cash and money orders that they seized from these people. But they collected over a million dollars. Seized on what basis? Meaning that they stopped them and they said, this is how they say that it works. They stopped them and say that you've been randomly selected to go through this drug. We're trying to stop drug traffickers and so on. Do we have your quote unquote? This is what they say. They say, tell these people. Do we have your permission to search your person? And that's the mistake right there. I Now, to be fair, at least in the reporting, nothing has said whether or not they completely adhere to that mm -hmm. question that they ask or if these are mm -hmm. forcible Searches, searches. And once they seize, they don't have to provide you with a clear reason on why they're seizing. They can seize your money on pure suspicion, suspicion and basis of an investigation. And their the, the investigation is them doing and documenting all the work that they did. In what they've done to do it. And the problem is the red tape to go and get your money back is some of the most, because you got to actually prove that you've earned this money. Just set, showing up and saying it's my money is not sufficient. You actually have to demonstrate beyond a shadow of a doubt the means and the methods in which you have actually earned that money. So typically what happens is people don't get their money back. Yep. Because no one wants to go down to that place and be harassed and a question and accosted all over again to get what's theirs when the likelihood is that they're not going to get it and some new additional charges may manifest. You're right. They've been so doing, they did the same thing for years to, to, drug, to drug dealers. Forever. Forever. And you know, and you know, Forever. And you know the, the, the terrible irony is um, I don't think drug traffickers um, are going to uh, use uh, airports in 2022 to uh, move large amounts of their products successfully. Um, I don't think we're in the 70s anymore, gentlemen. Oh I'm God. not going to propose what they would do, but if I was a drug trafficker, I would be like, <laughs> you know, you know, you know, I don't think the busiest airport in the U.S. is exactly the most efficient conduit for my product. For you, um, to do that. you know, I think we have some other choices at hand. 
But what you will find is people traveling with largest um, large amounts of cash. Yes, sir. And other it's it's an international International airport. airport. So you're going to have your. That's why folks have the money orders or they have the hard cash. Now that's it. Twenty five, twenty five folks that they that they seized over a million dollars from. Of those twenty five folks, eight people actually said, "Nah, man, we fighting this shit." They didn't even get all of their money back. Just like Elgin was saying, they didn't get all of their money back. And I want you guys to think about the irony or the the the, the audacity of it. You literally have to go through this bureaucratic red tape and loopholes and stuff like that and pay money out of your own pocket to, to get, get back money, money that they back. took from you. Can you imagine to get back money that they took from you? You got to pay people money and you didn't even get all of your money back. And and the thing that blows my mind is this. They're going through an airport. How many checkpoints do you go through in an airport? Say it. Especially if you're going through international. When we went to Ghana and we're coming back, we went through um, freaking Brussels. These people, I swear to God, they have no types of compunction for your private space or nothing. Oh, they they okay. opened your bag. They ran through your stuff. I literally stood there in line and had a 10-minute interview with the guy before he let me go back. What job do you do? Like, you go through all of these things, right, to try and fly. Mm-hmm. You really think that after you've gone through all of these checkpoints that that could have happened, man? It goes through the mm-hmm. damn scanner. You go through the fucking scanner. And that lines up again with the accusation and the alleged racist anti-blackness of this whole sting operation, yes, right? Sir. Because we know what, what it really is hidden for. But again, we tend to be helpless in those situations. So when they do take our money, they do ramsack us they do sexually harass us sexually assault us mm. and Say searches and all that, that, again, that, that we have literally no recourse i was i was actually surprised that andre uh eric andre is actually doing this but he when he was on an interview with um abc nightly news and they asked him was like what are you doing he's like this happened to me and I was, he said, literally they called for business class. He's like, and I have no choice. He said, Atlanta's the new Hollywood. I have to be there to do business. Mm-hmm. And this is not the only time that they've stopped me. But finally there was one moment he's like, it just sat on him, right? He was like, he's walking in line. There's like tons of white people in front of him, tons of white people behind him. And he's like the only black dude walking, going into business class when they call for business class. And they just, he said, the, the agents just clothed, plain clothes agents showed about out of nowhere. And he was like, yeah, we stopping you. We want to search you. And he said, um, do I have to say yes to you searching me? And the dude, like the, he said the officer was hesitant to tell him the truth. But was like, nah, I, I don't want you to search me. He said as soon as he got on the plane, he was able to call some lawyer friends that he has. Now, like I said, according to him, luckily, he has these resources, has the platform to be able to make this noise and then to pursue with this lawsuit. But like I said, there are 211 black people that went through this shit that did not have that platform. Didn't have, have that. They got they got got. And at least eight of them that got their money back, but didn't get all of their money back after paying money to get their fucking money back. It's a fucking insidious system, my guy. And I don't know what to tell you. And the, the police chief of Clayton County is a brother. So when they keep talking about all this representation, man, I don't no know comment. Whatever. 
I don't know what to tell you. In the words of the immortal prophet Chuck D, every brother ain't a brother. Now I can keep on going, but I'll no, stop no, no, there. We, 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 oh, okay. we, we, we want to make yeah. sure that people come back next week. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> what you got on deck for us tonight, uh, Elgin? Jesus, man. I wish I had a happy story, uh, but I don't. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I've been keeping my eye on this particular situation that's taking place down in Alabama. Uh, we've spent a whole lot of time this past year on In the Black discussing prison conditions. We talked about parchment. We talked about uh, Rikers. We talked about a number of different prison situations. But down in Montgomery, Alabama, it is a huge situation taking place right now where there is a major prison strike taking place. Uh, the prisoners are striking. Uh, several of the prison workers have also decided to strike for the same reasons, the conditions within the prisons. So I'm going to, I found this article that kind of summed it up, uh, the Marshall Project that we'll be able to find in the show notes. Uh, it's dated 10-6-2022. It reads, last Friday, five days after Alabama prisoners launched a statewide labor strike, Republican Governor Kay Ivey assured reporters that the head of the state's beleaguered corrections department had things well under control. But uh, 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 thanks to social media, images and interviews from inside of the prisons show a completely different story. Uh, deteriorating conditions, pervasive violence, multiple deaths, and little oversight from the staff. The actual strike down in Alabama, the statewide strike started on September 26th after thousands of prisoners refused to leave their dorms and cell blocks for work in mess halls, factories, and trash crews. Prison administrators said they had to cut back food rations from three meals a day to two, which prisoners saw as retaliation. But officials blamed on the fact that meals are generally prepared by incarcerated workers themselves. Guards stopped letting people out for visiting, recreation, or school. Cell phone footage showed the Marshall Project shows trash piling up in walkways and dorms in some prisons. Now, I want to tell folks, if you want to learn more about this particular story and things taking place there, you can hop on the Twitters. It's a Twitter feed that is specifically titled Alabama Prisons Are Death Camps. Is there a um, hashtag as well? It is a, a hashtag, and the hashtag is uh, – I'll come back to that. I'll find it here. No but it is a hashtag. But, yeah, Alabama Prisons Are Death Camps uh, started by the prisoners where it shares stories, pictures, all types of things about what's taking place. Now, one of the things that I know when they hear words like dorms, we immediately go to college, right? We think of college dorms. We think of, you know, a big room where you can have up to four people, sometimes right, just two, right. sometimes one. That's not what you have in prisons. A prison dorm is a large 
warehouse-like room where it literally will hold up to hundreds of people in one large space. So there's one prison down there in Montgomery, Alabama, has a dorm that literally has 300, 300 incarcerated humans. And it's bunk beds. Okay? So you have 150 bunk beds in close quarters, not working restrooms, lack of food, lack of visit. They're taking everything away that helped them be in a decent mental and emotional space and replace it with slop, taking meals away, all in a form of retaliation because of the manner in which they're being treated down in the prisons. I salute these brothers and these sisters. I stand with them in solidarity. I think this is absolutely atrocious, but it's not surprising that the Republican Governor Ivy would respond in the manner that he, she would rather. It's not surprising at all. Not surprising. It's heartbreaking. Completely. I gotta commend. I gotta commend them to be able to assemble a statewide protest like bruh, that. that's statewide, crazy. Bruh. That is crazy. But wow. for for our for some of those listeners, because you know we have some that are going to ask this question, Elgin, why should we give a damn about these people that are in prison? They went to jail because they did something bad. Why should we give a damn how they're treated? Well, I think there's two two areas of that conversation, right? They've gone to jail, so them going to jail is their so-called punishment underneath the American criminal punishment system. That is the punishment, them going to jail. Them going to jail and being dehumanized and victimized is a crime. That in and of itself is a crime. I'm concerned about the crime part while at the same time hoping that they rise up and abolish the criminal punishment aspect. So it's two separate issues there. You listener who are saying that they should, you know, essentially what you're saying is that they deserve to be mistreated. Because yeah, they, they, the did, they did the crime. They need to do the time. You know that. Yeah. You know you're that. you're but, saying that they should but, be treated unfairly. Because mm-hmm. uh, uh, people tend to forget the, uh, the essential concept of incarceration is, well, at least in theory, to be uh, rehabilitative. The idea is that you know these are not people to be thrown away, but people that whoever who are paying for their mistake to become citizens once again, mm-hmm. not to become animals for the system. I think that's the thing, right? At one point in time, just I mean, I could spend hours talking about the history of the criminal punishment system in this country. Uh, And and, and initially it was deeply religious. It was ran and operated by Puritans and Christians with the attempt of saving the souls of the prisoners. So that's where some of the early brutality comes from from prisoners is because flogging and things along those lines a very old catholic tradition was used as a way of trying to get the soul in order through pain in the body right so it's birthed out of that and then it moved into a more rehabilitative aspect 
But then it's transitioned with the influence of capitalism and the influence of for-profit, right, to turn into retributive. Now it's mm-hmm. largely punitive, and there's no actual care for the person. You literally be- are assigned a number, treated as a number, and when you die, a number is placed on the box that they put you in the ground in. It's like, you know, it's like uh, you're they're, they're, like, if you want to be a citizen again, citizen again, mm-hmm. good luck. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah, no to live and die is property of the state, man. That's crazy. To live and die is property of the state. There's more value you being a prisoner and then making you a citizen again, which is weird. Yeah. And I, I highlight these stories specifically, man, in these prisons because I think these human beings, these people, are some of the most forgotten and neglected people on the planet. Yes, sir. Right? And for um, the United States to be the richest country in the world, right? We literally have the most prisoners. Twenty. It's just the the, the data is nuts. We have we more people in prison than both North Korea and China, China than Russia. All these of these so-called communist countries. We are the ones, and we do it with the intent of maintaining, sustaining, and obtaining wealth that's what it's all about it's never about stopping crime it's never about prevention it's wealth man and that that twitter handle is at free ala movement at free ala movement i encourage people to go see it man and prepare yourself trigger warning because some of this shit is crazy yeah man I'm. I, I mean, I shouldn't be surprised, but some of the pictures that we were seeing from the inside <sighs> the prison, I'm like, yo, man, crush. What you got on deck, man? Uh, well, um, I guess it's undeniable. Uh, you know, there's a certain um, celebrity um, that is uh, clearly uh, abusing their platform, and uh, it's now beginning to pay for it. Um, that celebrity uh, is, without a doubt, Mr. Kanye West. Um, apparently, things have gotten so bad for him that recently um, he actually had an appearance on The Shop on HBO, on HBO Max, I believe. <laughs> and his talk show appearance was scrapped because he allegedly used more hate speech, even after agreeing with those producers and uh, LeBron Jane himself. That um, you know, he was uh, you know, more than uh, you know, willing to have a respectful discussion to to address all his recent comments. But when he got in the show, he began spouting more hate speech and more um, extremely dangerous stereotypes, according to the, according to uh, those reports. Um, and since then, uh, his bank has dropped him. If I can just you know sum that up, um, I just have to you know wonder, gentlemen, you know what you know what what you uh, what do you think of this particular spiraling situation? And uh, what you know, what it says for, or what it says to anything, really. I mean, per- I mean personally, I just uh, you know, I mean the personally, it's just um, uh, for me, it's just one one big uh, one, one big game he wants to play. You know what I'm saying? And clearly with his own mental health, um, but you know, he wants to play with the culture. He wants to play with uh, you know people's uh, sentiments for, you know, 
whatever. I mean, I mean, I could I could go on and on, but I would love to hear what y'all what uh, what y'all think about this. I mean, LeBron James wouldn't even have this brother. I, all jokes aside, man, I think we've had this conversation at least tangentially before, right? I feel very, and people hate me for saying it, but I feel very icky about having a conversation about Kanye West. Okay. The reason why I believe why it feels icky to me, I have the same feeling when we talk about Herschel Walker. Like he has his mm. his things that he needs to address that are egregious. But at the same time, I don't. I think it's almost undeniable at this point that he has mental issues, mm. like real mental. That, this is my belief. I could be completely wrong. It could be all a farce. He could be calling people's bluff. It could be all for attention. But I honestly believe that this dude has mental. Because th- one of the quotes was like, "Some nefarious, dark-seated group infiltrated and put kids in his home." So that his kids could be mixed with them or to switch with them. It was like some wild off the wall stuff. And I'm like, no one in their right mind, even if they're really looking for attention, is saying shit like that. Look at Orlando Brown. You're going to tell me that dude doesn't have problems? Like, like, that's why I said, like, talking about him just makes me feel weird. Not to say that what he's doing shouldn't be critiqued or that we shouldn't be talking about it or that any of the stuff that he's doing or saying isn't wrong. But I feel weird having a conversation about someone that clearly seems like they have mental problems that need to be addressed. And his circle, his inner circle, whoever those people are, those motherfuckers need to be called to the carpet. I don't know how you see your man's acting like this, doing the things he's doing. I don't care how much fucking money he has. How do you do that? How do you let him keep riding like this? You know what type of dirty, nefarious person you have to be for J.P. Morgan to drop you to tell you to take your money back? Look, I mean, five-year-old foreign was just like defending him. Like, oh, y'all tripping over a man's opinion, blah, blah, blah. Who who was? Fabio Ford. Fabio, he's a new rapper. Yeah, he's pretty decent. Was, yeah. was bigging up and everything. And, and 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 I was actually surprised when Dave Chappelle responded on uh, on Dream Champs to how he how how he felt how we, how he acted when Kanye was on Dream Champs, which for me was the what, what, what did what did Dave say? I mean, Dave was this real nonchalant about it. he thought it was he thought it was funny, you know, that you know, the way he was talking about quality this that and the third but I, it was a little more than that bro it was a little more it was a little more than that interesting it was a little more than that it was a little wow. more than that like you know wow. they were i mean like you know the, the 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 fraud came out in full egotistical display in kanye's appearance on that show like what i <laughs> saw what i saw was the living embodiment of anakin skywalker in my culture Jesus. You know what I'm saying? For real. Like the word, like, like you, 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 you had the future in your hands and you pissed on it, nigga. You know what I'm saying? You pissed on everybody. You know? And like, you know, especially after all the genius we've lost in the culture, this is what we're left with. This fucking idiot. You know what I'm saying? But granted, not yeah. to say that there's no other plenty other plain genius out there. Plenty no, of no, genius. We, we, but we the fact it. that we the did. fact that now white people want to prop him up as oh this is what happens when you give black one of the good ones money. yeah and i think that's largely i think you know that part is largely our fault as a people i think we're probably the only culture that has 
celebrities and athletes and entertainers as our thought leaders, as the ones who people run to, to have speak about our issues internally. Like we got motherfuckers like, that's, not, that's not our no, fault though, right? No, no it, it hey, who's no, I, honestly, I, I don't think it's our fault necessarily because if you look at the history, I'm not saying you're saying that. I'm just saying, I don't think it's necessarily our fault given the history that we've gone through, right? Because many of our black entertainers, sports players, they also had to double as civil rights activists. So then we start building this reputation or this thought process that sure. all of our folks are supposed to be doing and, the same thing. And but we're not we that have same not, and, and we have of, not exactly marketed himself as such. Sure. And we allowed that to take place in the capacity that when he was saying things that we agreed with, we supported it. When Dave Chappelle was on some quasi anti-racist bullshit, we all supported Dave and was like, oh, Dave is the dude until he came out. And we figured out that this dude has major issues with his views on race and sexuality and all these things. And I think that's part of where we are now. There's so many of our so-called celebrities are the motherfuckers that lead the way when they talk about our issues. So we got dumbasses like Diddy getting on things, talking stupid shit, how God has called him to lead black people. Like, motherfucker, God didn't tell you to, to pay mace? Like, here we start there first? I mean, can we can we deal with the basics first? Can did God tell you not to be constantly abusing women? And I mean, bruh, can we talk about that first? But I think what Kanye is is a real difficult situation for us to actually have a conversation about. We can't hear you mute. if you're saying something. You're muted. Mute. I said that's why I love you, man. Because you, what the God didn't tell you to pay base, nigga. Like what the? And that's real <laughs> shit. Like it's real shit. Like God gonna tell Go ahead, you to, to save all of us. He ain't gonna tell you to take care of your neighbor anyway. So yeah, just that's. But I think the thing with with Kanye is so troubling is because we're living in a moment in Black life where mental health and addressing mental health is finally have some momentum. Right. We're finally in a place where black men ha have shed the stigma and the stereotype of not going to get therapy. Right. So that's no longer a thing that can be welded against us because we're going right. And we're seeing the work manifest. So we're on an upswing of black mental health. But we meet Kanye, who I, I know people want to say he has mental health because of some of his decisions and some of the things he makes. And I don't want to say he doesn't, but I'm not willing to say that he does. No, no, no. Either, Hold on. Right? I, 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 I'm under episode, the impression. That was not. I'm under the impression. I could have sworn. Champs. That was Listen, a fucking I, asshole. To, to my, to my knowledge, and I mean, it says if you. And I don't have the knowledge that you're about to drop because I don't know. No, no, I dig it. I don't. If this means if you trust her or not, but Kim Kardashian has said that. <sighs> no, I don't. Has been, Go ahead. He was taking medication. And, and on many occasions, sure. he stopped taking his medication. And, and he, he looks like someone who finds himself in manic states occasionally, Often. right? Yes, sir. And yes. if anyone knows anything about people who have these type of mental health disorders, pressure, stress, spotlight will bring on 
manic moments. Yep. Right. And you can see that here, but I'm not willing to shoot him that much bell to have mental health be the thing that when he does stupid shit to say, okay, well, he's just mentally ill. That's why. Right. Because I don't think anyone who is suffering from any actual diagnosed treatable mental health disorder uses their mental health as a crutch when they do stupid shit. Now I know some motherfuckers who do do that shit, unfortunately, but for the large majority of us who have mental health disorders, we don't blame that shit. We don't say it's because of my PTSD that I cut you the fuck out today. We don't lean on it in that capacity. And I think we've gotten to a place with Kanye because we feel sympathetic for Kanye, right? We feel sympathetic that he lost, he was in a car accident, that his mother died in a manner that he was, that he's was some type of prodigy, some type of genius. We had given him all these things that we identify with the trauma that he experienced pre-asshole mental health issues that he have that we wrestle with how we're going to handle Kanye now. So most of us is like, oh, well, it's the mental health and we, you know, I don't know. And then it's the rest of us are like, fuck Kanye. So it's this weird balance that we have to do. And I'm not willing to shoot dude that much bell to say that he is in, I'm not willing to do it. And I'll also end on this point. If we're in some thought process that we believe that the people around him are somehow going to check him, it's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. He's climbed to a whole new level class and wealth wise where he is literally uncheckable. There's no one, no entity that is going to be able to come in and regulate Kanye. When you get to that level of wealth, that status, that billionaire level wealth, you are literally untouchable and can do whatever the fuck you want to do. So yeah. when this motherfucker yeah. gets on and he wears white lives matter and he says stupid shit and so what JP Morgan pulls their money out. Good for JP Morgan. But fuck them because they have a long history of making money. Off too. Fucking, yeah, uh, yep. So they don't get a fucking pass for that. They're, he's just going to go to another bank. Like he's yeah. a billionaire. Yeah. <laughs> People are not going to stop doing business with him. It's not going to be, unfortunately, until Kanye actually harms either himself or someone else or You're someone right. else where it's going to be this huge outcry for people to intervene in his life. And at that moment, I'm going to say, fuck all y'all because y'all should have been interviewing. Should have done it long when time When y'all seen this motherfucker spiraling off the tracks. But he's untouchable. I don't yeah. know what the fuck we were going to do. Man, it's, it's, it's watching this dude's whole life fall apart right before your eyes. And the worst, I won't say it's the worst part, but it's just, a, it adds some more shit on the sit sandwich, I guess. Mm -hmm. Apparently, Candace Owens has now become his life coach. Yeah. His day, his like, day that's the most recent day report. His day-to-day -day advisor. Yeah. Like, mm, I mean, I don't know, man. I, like I said, I can only... Maybe Candace, you know, who I think is a piece of shit has some moral fiber within her that'll help Kanye get the help that he needs. Maybe no. she can check him. Maybe she does. I mean, no, maybe no, she does. Yeah, maybe. I think no, she's a piece no. of shit, though, but no. maybe she's not going to do it. No, gentlemen, she has a documentary coming out. And it's going to probably be on oh, Netflix, yeah. who is also oh, a piece of shit. This is, so, part, I mean, this, is, yeah. this is part of the promo run. That's all.
Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is all from marketing. So hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. I saw that they were at the premiere for the documentary, Black mm -hmm. Lives. It's called Black Lives Matter, the biggest game ever pulled, or some 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 nonsense like that. But Kid Rock, Ray J, and Kanye were at the premiere, and I'm like, for 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 what? That says anyway, it all you need to hear right there. This, this, you had okay. Kid Rock, Ray J, and Kanye. Kid Rock, Ray J, and Kanye walked into a bar. What do they all have in common? <laughs> they like white women. But anyway, that's they all have their dicks in Kim's mouth. Go ahead. You know, you know. I'm here all week, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> all right, let me ask you guys a quick question. I don't want to go too off on the tangent, but I got to know what you guys think. And I think I know where you guys are going to go with this, but I, I want to get it on wax, okay? I don't know if you guys recently saw, you probably didn't, but I don't know if you guys recently saw the interview that Fat Joe did with The Breakfast Club. I didn't. And he was talking about saying, saying the N-word and how he grew up, where he grew up. Mm -hmm. That's how they referred to him and all that other stuff. And he thought right. that he was, quote unquote, a nigga before he finally realizing that he's been saying it all of his life. And, and it was a very weird conversation to have. Why? Because it made me feel some sort of way about Fat Joe. Not like I held Fat Joe in some high esteem or anything like that, right? Yeah. But Fat Joe, much like DJ Khaled, seemed to be these people now anyway, to have these epiphanies, to be on like a better life balance, making life corrections and being a different person. But the way he took his stance was like, nobody's going to tell him what to say or make him feel bad about what he said and all this other stuff. And he was asking the questions like, oh, because I said it now, does that make me a racist? And I'm like, and you have Charlemagne, no pushback. Envy giggling, no pushback. Ye giggling, no pushback. And I'm like, does it make you a racist? No, it don't make you a racist. But you know, when we get older, <laughs> when, listen, I'm, I'm, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to throw him some bail. Maybe don't make you a racist. Fat right? Joe's racist. But now that, but now that you know better, you should be better. You should do better. So why should someone have to convince you that what you did was wrong? Not you making excuses about growing up where you grew up and being called this or whatever. Like it really like threw me for a loop to hear him talking like this. But what do you guys think, man? I, I, it doesn't shock me, man. It doesn't surprise I mean, me. It's. It's again. I don't expect Charlemagne, uh, a old boy or old girl who's on the way out the door to her next gig, to advocate. That's not who they are. That's not who they've ever been. But since they have I these, Charlemagne to do some no, pushback, though. I have no idea at, why. At least to keep. At least to keep. No, no. At least to keep up a perception, because Charlemagne has become this, rightly or wrongly, has become this. Uh, he's, been for, he's been made to be. That's why I said rightly or wrongly. He's become this person of empowerment, <laughs> reflection, whatever, whatever. So I'm expecting him at least in some capacity to be like, Joe, like, why that shit don't make no sense. I, I don't want to harp and stay on that. I don't expect Charlemagne to do I mean, it speaks, I mean, you know, the whole thing speaks to what 
cultural identity meant for that generation of young people of color in New York City, and maybe for generations before that, as you know, as these communities of you know melded cultures grew up together, shared their poverty together. Certain customs, certain aspects of their experience will be lumped together because much like, you know, much like when their when their parents came to this country from Venezuela, El Salvador, Guatemala, but when they come here, mm -hmm. well they're, they're, all, they're all Latino. They're not yeah, Guatemalan. True. Venezuelan, right. and and, yeah, and yeah, if yeah. you even even if you even, even sound, oh, you might be mixed. Therefore, you might as well be a nigger. You live with niggers. You eat with niggers. You go to school with niggers. You even fuck a few. So wait a minute. You white. You might be a nigger. And but he's being told this by his environment. I'm not placing blame, but I'm looking at New York City. I'm looking at the history of that shit. I've seen how these attitudes get kind of corrupted and diluted when these communities share the share this poverty for like for decades upon decades. And culture, I, I and, dig and, it. And cultural identity, and but but then again, like what what, what Joe's statement also acknowledges <laughs> a little bit of what. Is going on in LA County with those idiots in that council. Yeah, we, um, we'll talk about that briefly. You know, Go this, ahead. Uh, you know this, uh, this unspoken privilege that certain communities either create or try to, uh, by a process of elimination, say, "Oh, you know, we're we may as well be white. We're the, mm. we, we're 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 way we're way more amenable than them." Yeah, and I don't have it. Listen, we may, I, so we may, so we may as well be white. You know? I don't think it's necessarily. I, I've never been a Fat Joe fan, so I don't give a fuck about Fat Joe now, Slim Joe, Old Joe. It doesn't make a difference. I think the conversation around the N word continues to be at the forefront of racial conversations uh, for a number of reasons. But I'm not. I don't measure people exclusively on their usage of the N-word. It's other things that come along with that that substantiate their place as a racist. Do they show other forms of anti-blackness uh, that go along with their usage of that N-word? I think Fat Joe, like so many other people, have a really piss poor understanding of race, racism, ethnicity, all of those things. So he's equating proximity with being the same as someone else. And I, I, I've heard it before. I've heard white people who live near black people have the yeah. same thing. You hear that uh, shit in Baltimore. Same logic all the time. And yep. I think it's stupid. Yep. And with black people that you I have ride with. Defend him. Yeah, yeah I have the defendants is gross. Yeah, so gross. I, I the thing with me is that it's unacceptable. Unacceptable. No, I, I I'm not flying with it. You come out of your mouth with it, it's a good chance I'm going in your mouth with it. Facts. Don't facts. don't don't do it. It's just that that simple facts. to me. It's facts. You know? Facts. 
Facts. It's a matter that's one of the things that I said in our conversations that I had outside of this was that Joe only has this mentality about the word because no one in his life had ever checked him about the Nobody word. Nobody in his life ever punched him in the mouth about it. Yep. No one has ever checked him about the word. You know what I mean? Even those who cared about him, even those he rolled with. It is what it is, man. Like I said, I just wanted to get you guys' opinions on it, man. It was something that was percolating for me. All right, right about now. I'm mad at you, though. I'm mad that you still are watching The Breakfast Club, bro. I I expected better from (laughs) you by now. I I swear I expected some level of evolution from you by now that you're still watching. The Breakfast Club. I, you know I, I consume everything, dog. You know I consume everything, man. I consume everything. So, all right, right about now is the time we like to give you little tidbits of news or words of wisdom that you can take with yourself into the week. L, what's up, man? Just take care of yourself, man. Uh, we talked earlier when our pies check in with people, specifically with their mental health. Right? We talked about that a little bit with the, with old boy EA. It's important, man, for you to do the work required to ensure strong mental health. And I don't say that because it's trendy. I don't say it because it's popular. I say it because I'm watching people who have not managed their mental health property lose everything. Yes, sir. Lose everything because they did not do the work. I implore you to do the work because if you don't do the work, it's going to work you. You right about that? Crush, what's up? Well, um, I, uh, my, uh, my team, my, uh, my crew is having a, another, uh, well, an appearance of our documentary at the DC music summit this weekend at Duke Ellington, uh, at Duke Ellington School for the Arts. Um, I'm trying to make my way down there, of course, and uh, I'm, I'm going to be a part of the, the screening, per se, but I will be hopefully in the, uh, in the crowd out there, mingling and networking. So uh, if you want to come down, please. You know, the, the whole scene will be there. No doubt. Uh, what's up for me this week is just further evidence upon all the evidence of how the Democratic Party at times can be full of that shit. And that's just putting at, it, that's at, just putting them up. At times? Well, I mean. About, about 90% I mean, of that? I mean, he's, he's forgiving 95? you $20,000 from your student loans, possibly, maybe. No, no, it's not. No, it's not. Uh, don't tell them. No, I know. No, no, I know. Those stipulations are, are for We'll be here are, for hours those longer. Don't do it. Fucker, man. <laughs> don't do it. Don't do those it. Stipulations so, suck ass. Recently, LA City Council President Nuri Martinez was caught on a on a on a call with some other local politicians. And the general conversation started off, and this is the kicker. The general conversation started off, talked off with them talking about redistricting, basically how they break up their county or whatever so that they can get more votes and how they leverage their votes in the communities and the people that they service and stuff like that. It ended up turning into a conversation about one of their white Democratic colleagues who adopted a two-year-old black boy. One of their white homosexual Democratic colleagues. See, that yeah. I did not know that he was, he was married. That wasn't he's my married. He's, he's married. Yes, he's married for, to a man. For a long time. 
for a long okay, time. Okay, so they in the in the recording, I don't know if they reference his gayness. In the yeah, they in the apology, him. yeah, okay, they, but they did reference anyway. Okay, but it, but yeah. they did reference the fact that apparently during a MLK parade of all things, they were on a float, and that the kid was acting like quote unquote a little monkey, and that left up to her, she was going to take him around the corner and beat his ass and then bring him back. A little two year old kid. This then doubles that right? little black two-year-old kid. This goes on top of the fact that her colleagues, these other guys, I forget their names, I don't have their names in front of me, but her other Democratic colleagues that she was on the call with was like, well, they're not going to associate with this person and that person because they're for the blacks. These are Democratic po politicians in, in liberal Los Angeles. I'll tell you right now. Talking this way. She just she just stepped down. This woman just stepped down after saying that, you know, the, the fervor and the controversy that she's created. I thought she just resigned from the presidency. She resigned from the presidency. They didn't leave their seat. They're still in their seat. She's still, she she's still a part of the council. She's still a part of the council. Yeah. No one's left their seat. Oh, no. No one's left no their one. seat. Because they think they're white. Da, 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 da. And that's part of the problem because once again, we've had this conversation before on the show that we start to, sometimes identity politics is a necessity, right? When hmm. you're trying to get a specific message across, <laughs> right? We're trying to gain certain things. But when you start dealing in identity politics, just for the sake of rallying people to get votes, to supersede or to put the blinders on over not doing the right things in your community, that's a totally different game. And that's one of the things that the Democratic Party is so well known for at this point, man. So well known for. It's a wrap, man. And, and we continue to drink the representation Kool-Aid. May as well just all that, And that's part, that's part of it, man. That's part it, of it. Is, it is. And I think some representation is good. Yeah, some. But I think our representation in politics it's not good, it's not good it's representation. Not, not good representation. It's corrupted. It's always yeah. corrupted. Crush, where can folks find you if they want to find you? Man, you can find me um, on Instagram as usual at the Orange Crush. You see it there in the caption. T H E O R A N G E K R U S H. No doubt. L. Man, don't, don't look you? for me. Don't look for me. He's just going to tell you to either get a divorce, <laughs> go get don't some mental therapy. Don't. Yeah. He's going to tell you a whole bunch of shit. Yeah. I'm going to tell you, I'm gonna tell you to do some shit. He's going to make your lady smile. at the door. Oh. He's gonna take the box and then leave your lady. Yeah. And her mom at the door. Go get you a four pack of Cold 45. <laughs> you said a four pack of the Cold 45. Four pack of Cold 45. Sit on your porch and listen to some old Tupac. Moderation. Like, yeah, so. <laughs> moderation there. None. No moderation. <laughs> and I think, oh, Mr. In the Black himself, you can find me on Twitter and on Instagram at MR underscore in the black. I want to thank you guys for joining us for another incredible episode of the In the Black podcast. You could have been anywhere else in the world, but you chose to kick it with us and we appreciate it. Make sure you follow us across social media at In the Black PDCST, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Make sure you come on over to our Patreon. You will not regret it. But until next time, as always, informed, intelligent, In the, in the Black. black. Peace. This is, this is the In the Black Podcast. In the Black, bro. Hands <laughs> down, one of the best podcasts I ever heard, though. I love y'all, bro. Fredrix, what up? Fredrix, what up?
the red or black of me, Richard, listen. In the black podcast, and your lad, it's all facts. You don't like that, then fall back. In the black podcast, don't talk trash. Switch fast if you ain't wrong, you're all whack. It forms intelligent elements, always relevant. Not for the weak and delicate, this is eloquent excellence. We are setting the precedence. Rest of them are excrement. In the black podcast, the truth like the testament. Don't know, black up he, bro, man, a specialist. So what the podcast broadcast, y'all mess with this. Like said they might cheat, who no tweet so effortless I listen them, I learn, when them listen them, I benefit Report current effect, everything that is prevalent This is so exquisite, a scientific experiment Giving you the news, not views without evidence Telling you the truth, sentiments without embellishments Relax, these are the facts, bringing them to your residence In your house or your tenement, listen to hear intelligence Body filled with melanin, power that's so acetylene Bright in the stars, bringing some light back to the desolate In the black podcast, and your land is all facts you don't like that, the fuck In the black podcast, they fall down Pull up the watch, black up here, chat me down In the black podcast, they your land is all facts You don't like that, the fuck In the black podcast, we all lost The one of them can, none of them can Just like that though Yeah, man, that's all right Just in the black himself this is. 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 This